Praise the Lord. Uh, There's a song, I'm not a very good singer, but I love my own songs. Praise the Lord. Uh, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing. I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness, thy with my mouth will I make known thy generation. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Father, this morning we want to declare your faithfulness that from everlasting to everlasting God. Father, your covenants with your people are always true and amen, O God. Father, you watch over each one of them to fulfill it in its own time, O God. Thank you for my brethren that are gathered in this hall this afternoon. I pray that your word may speak to us. You may minister to us. You may speak to our individual situations in your own unique way, O God. Lift us from the Mary clay, O God. Lift us to a new rock, O my Father. Lift us to a new point where we will have the confidence in you again, O oh my Father. Jehovah, wherever we have been battered, O oh God, we shall rise up again and say, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, because he is indeed a shepherd, a shepherd unto us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We may have our seats, please. Uh, to the students, it's a very wonderful moment now, and the teachers, because they are going for a long recess. Praise the Lord. And it's this time that people become uh, covetous. They begin to envy the teaching profession. Because they only have, uh, is it 21 working days holiday? Eh? Majority of people, how many, how many days? 30. And we have how many? Two months. Ah. Just resting. So I just wanted to say that it's uh, indeed a good thing that we are having. We have reached a half of the year. And God has been good to us. God has been faithful to each one of us. We cannot take it for granted to be at this point in time, in June, and assume that it has been our own uh, smartness. No. It has not been our hard work that has brought us to this point. It has been by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. This morning, I wanted us just to share on the subject of forever faithful. Forever faithful forever faithful. Psalms 89, the first verse is what we are singing. The Bible says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. The psalmist was, was happy and excited of the fact that God loved him so much. 
And he realized that this love was not just by accident. It was because it was a covenant that God had set up with them. Praise the Lord. And he looked back and he said, this is indeed great love from God. So he said, God is faithful. That is why he said, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. The reason being that God is faithful. And he decided that he will declare it to all generations. Praise the Lord. In verse 2, I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Verse 4, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. These assurances are because of God's faithfulness. He has decided that he's going to do these wonderful things in the life of the psalmist, and the psalmist decides to share them as he is being uplifted in his soul. Then we skip, we go to verse 20 of the same chapter. The Bible says, I have found David, my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. Why is God speaking about David in this manner? Because he had initially anointed him and reached a covenant with him that he will make him a king. Praise the Lord. And because of his faithfulness, he was reassuring David again that I have found David, my servant. I have found him. I have anointed him. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. Verse 21, my hand will sustain him. That means in every situation that David will be facing in his life, God will always prove his faithfulness to him. There will be no situation in David's life that will shake him as long as he remembers the covenant that God has reached with him that he is faithful forever. The enemy will not get better of him and the wicked will not oppress him. This is the almighty God declaring concerning David. Because I have so a covenant, I have committed myself to be faithful to this covenant. There's no enemy who will get better of you. However smart they may be, however crafty they may be, they will never get the better of you. Praise the Lord. This morning you can declare the same. You can claim the same blessing that God had upon David. The same faithfulness. And say, Lord, I am of the same family as David. I want to benefit from this faithfulness. I want to be reassured every moment. And as the coordinator was speaking, I realized he was speaking something very close to that and said, you may be, you may be facing a situation in your life. It is not time to be discouraged. It's time to reassure yourself of God's faithfulness. It never ceases. It never ceases. He is always committed to see that that faithfulness will always be extended to every child of the kingdom. Anybody who belongs to this household of faith must be a beneficiary of this faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Verse 23, he says, I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. Who is crushing the foes? Are we here, church? Who is crushing the foes? Yeah, it is not David. It is not you. It's not me. Ours is just to remember his faithfulness. Ours is just to remember that he's committed to that faithfulness. At no time will he ever forsake us. He will always uphold us in his right hand to ensure that all will be well in your life and in my life. That nothing that is unknown to you will ever harm you. All shall be subdued under your feet. 
because he's still the Lord God Almighty. 24, my faithful love will be with him. Can you say, his faithful love will be with me? His faithful love will be with me. He said, my faithful love will be with him, and through my name, his horn will be exalted. That means you and I are standing on the threshold of being exalted, no matter what we are going through. Irrespective of what we are experiencing, God is positioning us in a place where we shall be uplifted, where we shall be exalted, and the enemy will behold the victory of the Lord in our lives. Praise the Lord. Having touched a few of these things, I would like us just to, to go again. Let's read a few of these verses. This chapter is uh, it's wonderful. Verse 34. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. God is saying that. Praise the Lord. Some of you are still thinking of very many things, so they are not listening very well. Are you there? Verse 34. Who is speaking these words? What is he saying? Because God has declared that you are blessed, it will never cease. That blessing will forever flow. He will not alter it. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord are without regret. Once he releases them to your life, there is no store in heaven for the returned goods. Praise the Lord. There is no address on the blessing of God that says return to sender. He releases and it's gone. It can only hang around you. If you refuse to take it, it can only hover around your life. But God is not going to take it back. And it will hover because you have refused to take it and because of something in your life. And the moment it is corrected, it lands. Praise the Lord. That is what God is saying in verse 34. I will not violate my covenant because he saw by his own name. That I have blessed you. Because he saw, he saw by his own name that I have released this blessing in the life of Kenneth. He will not go against it again. Kenneth himself is to determine whether it lands or not. Praise the Lord. I can choose to receive it or choose to refuse. But God, according to God, it is ticked off. It's off the shelf. No more, no space to return. Another one has been placed there for somebody else. Praise the Lord. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, and I will not lie to David. Once for all, I have sworn by my own holiness, I will not lie to Kenneth. Once for all, I have sworn by my own holiness, says the Lord, I will not lie to TBOLF. Praise the Lord. That's what God is saying. He has determined completely. That he is going to do it for you. I don't know what it is. But he has determined in his heart. That I am going to release this to this church. I'm going to release this to this son. And he is fully committed to it. That his line will continue forever. And his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon. The faithful Witness in the sky. Praise the Lord. What kind of assurance that God is speaking to us this morning? I really don't know what you're going through. I know myself. But you, I don't know. But you can place yourself in a place where you begin to align yourself with the faithfulness of the Lord. To say, God, you spoke these words concerning me that you will not forsake me. This is not what I expect from you, Lord. This is not where I ought to be. I need you to do something in my life. Because of your covenant, and you saw by your word 
that you will not renege on your covenant. Father, do it in my life. Father, do it in my life. I want a change in my life this morning. I want a difference this day in my life. The six months have not been easy for me. The six months of this year have not been easy for me. Lord, I have placed these prayer items before you since January. People have testified of your faithfulness in their lives. I have not seen your hand in my life. Lord, I know you are not reneging on your promise. I want to receive it by faith in my life this morning. The Lord is faithful to do it in our lives. He's faithful and committed to you and to me. The same way he was committed to David. The same way he was committed to David. So is he committed to you and me this afternoon. Praise the Lord. I want us to quickly go through some examples in the Bible and see that God is consistent with his faithfulness concerning everybody who trusts in him. He doesn't vary. He's consistent. Once he sets out to do something in your life, it can only be delayed. But it is already set out for you. It can only be delayed. But at the right time, God will release it into your life. And your life will never be the same again. It will be forever changed. Praise the Lord. Quickly, Genesis. Now, it's a long passage. From Genesis chapter 11 to Genesis chapter 25. Are we going to read all that? Praise the Lord. If we begin to read, some of you will start snoring, even as hot as it may be. This is about our father Abraham. Father Abraham. From a shepherd to the father of many nations. From a shepherd to the father of many nations. God's faithfulness never ceases. I said we are not going to read the entire chapters, but they are dedicated to this one character, Abraham. But I want us to go to chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Praise the Lord. This man, on purely a promise and obedience, he begins a journey. Where to? He doesn't know. Sometimes it looks foolish. But I love God because he chooses the things that look foolish in this world to manifest his power. Things that don't make sense. Now imagine you are meeting a man over 60 years. He has lived in a place. He has established himself. He has a family. A wife. He has other relations. He has servants. And he sets off. You ask, where are you going to? I don't know. Why are you going? God told me to go. When did he talk to you? He spoke to me. I'm going. Don't you have a home, Abraham? Yes, I have, but I've been told to go to another land. If it is in, this, in these times, before Abraham moves 20 meters, it will be on BBC. YouTube will have so many postings of a man who is walking, going to a place he doesn't know, and he claims God has told him to go. 
and he has taken all his animals, all his, the people, he's telling them, let us go. The crew, the CNN crew will be there. Al Jazeera will be there to monitor and see which is this land he's going to. It will be a time everybody will be breaking news, breaking news. Now he has moved 20 meters. Now he has moved 2 kilometers. I thank God he chose the right time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Abraham had peace. He walked. Nobody was announcing about him. Wherever he went, even those people, they were not worried because whenever they asked, how are you? Welcome to this place. For how long are you going to stay in this land? I don't know, but I'm going to a land. Where? Very far, I don't know. They said, okay, this one is peaceful. He's not come to take our land. There will be peace. And I think there was. Praise the Lord. God is moving Abraham from a familiar area where he's used to, he's comfortable. He knows once I do this, if I lie here, Sarai will bring this. She knows now I'm thirsty. If I walk like this, Sarai, oh my Lord, what can I do for you? But he's, he's just moving on. From that comfort zone, telling him to go to a place he has never known. And there are people in our midst who are in this, on this journey now. There are people in our midst who are on this journey. You are a place, you don't know what is happening, but God is just, things are, are happening. God is roughing up your comfort zone and telling you to move on. Be obedient. Praise the Lord. Somebody said about the ego. When the ego is about to hatch the eggs, the the nest is always soft with the feathers and all those things. Eh? It starts with sticks, goes to small hay, and then the, the feathers. So when the, the chicks come out, soft, it brings food, they eat, and everything is okay. Then the mother ego becomes tired. Says, I can't be fetching food for these people all through their lives. I must teach them how to fly. Praise the Lord. So the ego is very clever. The mother ego is very clever. You just make the environment rough. It pulls out the feathers. Slowly, the, the chicks start to feel, ah, our ribs are hitting hard stuff now. Okay? Then removes the hay, and then now it's the sticks. The place becomes uncomfortable. They start landing. When they see the mother ego go, they holds them on the wings, flies, glides very high, and then folds. I don't ask me whether I know how to swim or not. I tried to learn swimming, but I was very intelligent. The water was one foot high. So that my hands were on the base and I could bang the legs. When they told me to go in the deep end, I said, wait a minute, I'm still learning. And because I was very intelligent, I've never known how to swim. So that's why you find when we walk around the water, I am very careful you are always on the side of the water and I'm always on the side of the land. Should anything happen, I know I, I'm safe. Praise the Lord. The ego leaves them. They struggle, they struggle, they struggle, they struggle. And then comes to spread their wings. They land on them and then saves them. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't take long. In the course of struggling, they're learning how to flip their wings. Praise the Lord. Slowly, 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 they will begin to fly. They will begin to fly. They will look for their own food. I don't know where you are now. That situation is not a waste of time. Somebody said here three weeks ago, don't give up on God. You remember that statement? Who was that? Pastor Lekin, eh? He was supposed to have flown, but somehow God impressed upon him to come and minister that morning. 
And he said, he doesn't know why, but there's somebody in our midst. God said, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. It doesn't matter what you're going through, brethren. It might be rough. But God is positioning you there because there is something ahead that is preparing for your life. That thing will be a sweet experience in your life. He will lift you out of that, that, that struggle. In the course of pursuing God's call, chapter 13, verse 8, Abraham has decided to go. But then, it reaches a point that Lord comes and starts this politics. Roughing him up. A way of distracting him from the purpose of God in his life. But God is still faithful in Abraham's life. Praise the Lord. Abraham realizes this is a distraction. He says, ah, Lord, if it is land, it's all there. Choose first, leave for me the rest. Praise the Lord. You must be in that position. When you realize things are becoming rough, tell the opposition, take your, have your way. Because when you step back, God's faithfulness will be manifested in your life. If you begin to fight, you will end up losing your vision, wasting so much time. Praise the Lord. Verse 14 of chapter 13, The Lord said to Abraham after Lord had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and, to the, and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. Does that have any impact in your life? The distraction has gone. You have let the distraction, you have not focused on the distraction. You have waited for God. And he comes to speak to you and says, "Ah, ah thank you, my son. You are not distracted. You focused on to me. You trusted in my faithfulness. Therefore, lift up your eyes. Look around. The things that you want, including the land that he has, your enemy has taken. Because if you look in the north, and you look in the south, and you look in the east, and you look in the west, it means you have covered the entire sphere. Praise the Lord. Including that one that Lord has taken. And God is telling you, rest at peace. All this is yours. Praise the Lord. That is why it is not necessary for us to fight and to, to struggle over some things. When you find the enemy is coming up, look aside. Treat him with a lot of contempt. Let him see that he's fighting over nothing. Praise the Lord. Maybe you'll be surprised. I thought this man was going to put up a fight. Realizes you are above that. It's something too small for you to fight over. You are above it. Be it in the place of work, it's below you. It's beneath you. Praise the Lord. Something higher. Chapter 15, Abraham begins to question God. Why? Because there is a delay. In chapter 15, verse 2, But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit it my, my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. He has overcome the destruction. God has been pleased. Praise the Lord. That was a physical thing. It's, ah, let it go. Now, it's coming to the mind. The enemy is attacking the mind. Are you crazy? You let this go. Don't you see where you are? Don't you see your situation? What is the devil trying to do in your life? Wants you to focus on the negatives and not what God is planning for you. Remember, God is forever faithful. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. All things. Negative and... Let me just tell you, there are things that you see, there are things that you don't see. True or false? 
The obstacles that you can see, the obstacles that you cannot see. The obstacles you can touch, the obstacles you cannot touch. That word says, work all together. Together. And the things you see and the things you don't see, all together, they work for your good. The things you can handle, the things you cannot handle, all together work for your good. Are you getting me? Everything in your life, no matter what it is, no matter how big it looks like, no matter how pressing it is in your life, if you can remember Romans 8.28 and say, go, I may be weak, but I want to believe this word. All things in my life, all together, negative and positive, seen and unseen, all of them work for my good. You will begin to see God's faithfulness in your life. Praise the Lord. So the devil comes to the mind and starts speaking to them. You see, you, this is what your situation is. This is what you are going through. And you have so much. Who is going to inherit this? You know, that is all just trying to distract this man of God in his work. He had been obedient to live. Had, had Abraham remained where he was and remained childless, would he be happier than he is now? The same question would have, would have come up. Praise the Lord. But now it is coming up because the devil knows there is a destiny in the life of Abraham. And he wants to distract Abraham from that destiny. He's trying to divert his mind. But thank God. Let's listen to this. Chapter 13, verse 14. The Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord had parted from him, look around from where you are, to the north and the south, the east and west, and all the land that you, you see, I will give to you and your offsprings forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Praise the Lord. What determined how much land Abraham was going to have? What was going to determine? His ability to walk. If he would walk so far, the, much, the longer he would cover, the, the space he would cover, that land would belong to him. That's what God is telling him. I'm giving you this blank. You can do as you wish. This will be yours. Praise the Lord. But we had said in 15 that Abraham began to question God. And verse 6, verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man, this situation you are facing, this challenge you are facing, is not going to determine your destiny. Praise the Lord. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. God spoke to Abraham that. He wanted to dispel all the confusion in the life of Abraham. It doesn't matter what you are experiencing now. I am going to do something in your life. I have determined. I have purposed. I have swore a covenant. I am going to do this for you. That is it. It's done. Praise the Lord. That is what God is telling us this morning. Do not be afraid. Irrespective of what you are facing. I'm speaking to you and to myself. Irrespective of what you are facing. God is determined to see you realize your dream, your destiny in your life. Praise the Lord. Chapter 16, we see Abraham again caught in a situation of desperation. He wants again... It, you know, the tension is building up. So they negotiate with Sarah and they decide to have a child with their maid, Hagar, and the child is Ishmael. 
because he acted out of desperation, the world is still reverberating from that shock. The shock that happened at that time is still moving throughout the world. Praise the Lord. Don't be desperate. God is still in control. I have said he's forever faithful. Sing with David that you will declare his faithfulness to all generations. You cannot declare what you have not experienced. If you do, it is fake. Praise the Lord. If you have gone through a situation and you have seen the hand of God deliver you, there is that confidence as you speak about it because it's something you experienced. If you hear me talk about something here and you try to talk about it elsewhere, your confidence level is also down because you, really, you are not very sure. The best you can say is that according to what Brother Kenneth said, this happened. That is what happened to people in the book of Acts. They saw people cast out demons And they say, eh, this thing is just done like this. And they went to try. It was not an experience they had had, but they wanted to demonstrate it. They had a good discipline master that day. The demons beat them up. And they asked them, Jesus, we know. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's so strange. When, when things start happening... Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. And you, who are you? Some of these experiences don't run away from them. God is just molding you. At the age of 99, God comes to Abraham, is kind of weary and says, he says this, walk before me and be blameless and I will fulfill my covenant with you. Can you turn to the person next to you and say the following, walk before God and be blameless before him and he will fulfill his covenant in your life. Praise the Lord. Walk with God and be faithful. Be obedient. It doesn't matter how long it takes, he will fulfill his covenant in your life. Praise the Lord. Chapter 17, the name of Sarah is changed from Sarai to Sarah, a princess. She qualifies to be a princess. Praise the Lord. Because circumstances are changing now. Your situation will change. And your name will also change. You see, God promised Sarah a son called Isaac. Laughter. Because the countenance of Sarah was always sad, always thinking about her situation. And God said, I must speak something that is real life to this lady so that whenever she thinks about it, she can smile. So Sarah started smiling before she got the baby. Praise the Lord. Some of you are looking at me and say, hey, Kenneth, where were you? Because you cannot remind yourself what God has said and never be content. Praise the Lord. If God has told you, your son is going to be laughter because you are going to always laugh. Those who laughed at you, you will laugh at them now because this will be the seed to many nations. Obviously, you'll always, whenever you see a child, you, oh, I'll have my Isaac. I'll have my Isaac. I'll have my Isaac. I'll have my Isaac. Praise the Lord. And that was building the faith of Sarah. Praise the Lord. Never give up on God because he's faithful. His faithfulness will always be. In John 11, we see Jesus Christ delayed to go to Lazarus' funeral. Lazarus is already buried. Eh? And he told his disciples, Lazarus is asleep. And they say, if he's sleeping, let him sleep. We'll continue with the work, and then he will wake up. He will join us later. So he said, these people don't understand. The man is dead. 
Oh. And he said, it's good that it happened when I was not there. So that my covenant will be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Why am I sharing this? Probably you are at the end of the journey. You are wondering, why have I been waiting on God all this time? He has not visited me. Why is all this trouble coming into my life? What was the use? That's what the devil will be whispering into your ears. What was the use of following God all this time? But I want to tell you, those are the moments that God really delights in. When your options are zero. Praise the Lord. When your options are zero, so that you will know it is God who has done it and not any other but his right hand. Praise the Lord. Abraham was 99. Go. And God now says, now this is my time to show myself. If I had given you the child at 60, you would say, ah, this is normal. But I wanted you to know that where it is impossible, that is where my work begins. When everything seems to have failed, when all the doors have been shut completely, and now you are there, you relax in my presence, then my faithfulness is manifested in your life. Praise the Lord. So Isaac is born, and there is laughter in the life, in the family of Abraham. Joseph, the dreamer. Genesis 37. From 37, you see several chapters dedicated to Joseph. 37, 28, Joseph is sold by the brothers. So the Midianite, Midianite merchants came by. His brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. This is a man who saw God lift him to be ruler over his family, ruler over other people, even his own parents being subject to him. He was excited. He shared with them the dream, not once, but twice. Now he is in the hall. At that time, Joseph said, God, was this dream real? Where I am, how will I rise from this hall to be ruler over these people? How? It is impossible. And the devil can come and really rub it there. It is impossible. You can't come from where you are to realize that dream that God had for you. It is not going to work. So when they came to lift him up, Joseph must have said, oh, okay, okay, God now has remembered. 20 minutes after, he's being sold to the Egyptians. Joseph is asking himself, I thought I was supposed to be a ruler there in Canaan. Now I'm going to Egypt, a foreign land. It is impossible. And the devil can come and say, now that you are taking this other step, it is impossible. Maybe he's been speaking to you, telling you, you've tried this, now you are here. If this one has failed and this one now is the last option, halas, your things are done. But God has got another plan for you. Joseph goes there. The man was wise. When he went to the house of Potiphar, there was everything. Probably in his mind, he was saying, let me be very good to this man because he can speak something positive to the king. And then the king can think about me. I go to the king's palace. And probably there now my chances of becoming the leader are now brighter. According to, this is my small thinking. If I were Joseph, this is the way, the line I would be thinking. Let me be very close to Potiphar. Because he's very close to the... And then he can say, I have got a, this man is very good in my house. Maybe try him in the palace. You will see how wonderful he is. And from there, I'll be very good to the pharaoh. And then he will say, 
you are a very good man. I'll be sending you to tell people things. So I'll look like I'm ruling. But God had a different plan. Joseph, it is not going to be that style. I have told you I am going to make you a ruler. It is my style that I'm going to use. Not your thoughts. Praise the Lord. Suddenly the man finds him in, himself in a prison. Hey. How will I a prison in a foreign land? How will I rise from here to be a ruler? And you know, years are going by. It's not that he's becoming younger. Praise the Lord. Thank God. He is who he is. He said, I have saw what I've spoken by my lips. I have taken an oath to fulfill it. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter which path it takes. I have saw with my lips. What I have commanded with you will come to pass. That's what God has already purposed. And God orchestrates things around Joseph and we know where the story ended. Praise the Lord. Even though I pass through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what the environment is like. God is still in control. His staff is still there. His staff is still there. His rod is still there to guide you through until you reach your destiny. Praise the Lord. So we see in chapter 40, the cellmates have dreams and eventually things work. And I like what Pharaoh said in chapter 41, verse 38. Chapter 41, verse 38. After everything has unfolded, chapter 41, verse 38, Pharaoh says, So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this, one in whom is the Spirit of God? So it means all through, Joseph remained faithful and the Spirit of God was upon him. And people began to recognize that. I don't know what you are experiencing in your life, my brother, my sister, but we are sharing this morning. Look at the promise of the week, what is spoke. Look at this message. We are saying, God is saying this morning, his faithfulness upon your life has been cemented. He will never turn away from it again. He has purpose to see you realize his, your destiny in life. Praise the Lord. Cheer up. Whatever you are experiencing, don't, don't ever complain. It's not time to complain. It's time for you to know that God is doing something in your life. Gideon, growing from a small, small to big. This man saw himself. Judges 6. Judges chapter 6. Gideon saw himself as a small person in a, from a small tribe. So he had no no future at all. He had relegated himself to suffering and absorbing all the punishment the Amalekites and the Midianites were dishing to them. But God said, I have a destiny over this man's life. I have a plan over this man's life. And my faithfulness cannot depart from him. Praise the Lord. We see that God begins to work in the life of Gideon. In 6 verse 11, God gives him assurance. Verse 13, Gideon is just on the verge of giving up. But God intervenes. Maybe let's just read again a few of those verses. Verse 6 verse 11, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing the wheat in a wine press to keep, keep it from the Midianites. So he was hiding somewhere. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon is asking, With me? In the, where I'm hiding? How can God be hiding with me here like this? If I'm afraid, how can he join me in this? That, that could have been the question he was asking himself. 
Now, some of you are saying that Kenneth is trying to exaggerate, extrapolate this. Listen to verse 13. Pardon me. When somebody says pardon, do you know what he means? He says, I don't believe what you are saying. Repeat it again. So he told the angel, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us? Now he's lecturing the angel. Hmm? Did not the Lord bring us from, out of Egypt? You can see bitterness in his heart. These are, these, are not, these are not things that you just speak because now they have come. You must have been meditating over them. Why has the Lord abandoned us? All this? Why? Now you have got the opportunity to tell this person what has been in your heart. Probably you are there, frustrated with things around in your life. And you are wondering, I've been serving God so faithfully. I've been working with him so faithfully. How can these people say God is still faithful at this time? That doesn't change God. We said in verse 34, 89, Psalms 89, 34. What did he say? He has taken an oath. Praise the Lord. He has taken an oath. And that is God. He has decided this is what I'm going to do for these people. That is it. Praise the Lord. One thing we need to do, verse 28, putting to death everything that so easily draws us back. Gideon went to destroy anything that appeared sinful in his life. He didn't want it at all. Because he realized now, indeed God was dealing with him. And Colossians 3 tells us all that. Put to death the following. Praise the Lord. So let's search ourselves in our lives as we wait upon God to fulfill his purposes. Can we begin to search our lives and tell God, God, this area, this area in my life, this one, this one, I want you to deal with it. I want you to cleanse me from this area. Praise the Lord. Some of you are so afraid, as if God doesn't know. All God wants to see is the honesty in your life. Okay, walk away from people. Go and hide somewhere in the corner. And sometimes there are parks here where people are not. Go in that park. God, you know this area in my life. Deal with it. I don't want it to deny me my blessing. Praise the Lord. Bitterness is swelling up in my heart. Remove it, Lord. Get it out of my life. Removing all that can stop the blessing from landing. Praise the Lord. Finally, not final, on Gideon. Today is up to three. <laughs> the man said, okay, God has said he's going to give me victory. He went and assembled a huge army. A huge army. And God laughed. He said, this man has not understood what I, I mean. He said, I don't need all those men. I just need a few men. Even the few that remained, they did not fight. Praise the Lord. Even the few that remained, God did not allow them to, to fight. So that Gideon, you know, many people would have crowded. Gideon would be confused. Maybe it was the people in the front line who defeated that army. So God said, let me remove this man so that he can see clearly. Then when he remained with 300 again, he told them, divide them so that they are 100, 100, so that he can see clearly that actually, I, I, I just came to witness the victory of the Lord. Praise the Lord. God wanted Gideon just to come and witness his victory. Not to come and fight, to witness David, from a shepherd to a king. 1 Samuel 16, 12, 13. David is first anointed. The spirit of the Lord comes upon him and his destiny is changed. But a series of events begin to define his path towards that destiny. Praise the Lord. And then there comes a challenge. Have you noticed in all these cases, it's not just a smooth sailing. It comes, God decide something in somebody's life, and as the person begins to obey God, challenges start coming in. Things that can discourage. Have you noticed that? Even David, Goliath came in. And you know, I have once told you, uh, who is this basketballer? This O'Neal. You know him? Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Ah, some of you don't watch basketball. 
If that, you know I'm a mature person now. I'm a mature person. I'm a mature person. But if Shaquille comes here, you will think this is the last born of Shaquille walking with him. <laughs> the man, maybe is the Goliath of today. The man is big. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In fact, I wonder how these people wanted to challenge him on basketball. When he gets the ball, you tell him, okay, go on, go on, score, okay. Collect the ball and start your... <laughs> There's no need of challenging him because if he gives you a... You'll go down, my friend. Well, however strong you are, you'll go down. Praise the Lord. So David saw Goliath. The army, whenever Goliath just rose up, these people were also not very intelligent. When the man was going to sleep, why couldn't they attack? They would just be waiting. And then when the man rises up, then they run away. So what, what drama is this? You have come for war. Your enemies are asleep. Instead of going, sneaking there slowly, even if you are afraid, you push another one, you go first. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The man would come up and everybody would run. And then there's a young boy who comes with stones, knocks him up. God is not interested in our experience, the many things that we know. He's interested in our faithfulness and trusting him for the situation in which we are going through. His faithfulness will work for us. Praise the Lord. His faithfulness will work for us. It's not your experience. It is trusting and obeying him. And God will activate his plan for your life. Praise the Lord. He just needs basic weapons from us. The Bible says that our weapons are mighty. Pulling down strongholds. Praise the Lord. They are mighty. When you pray, it's like a thunderbolt you are sending into the enemy territory. I like another question that was asked. 1 Sam 17. 1 Samuel 1758. We are just about to finish. This is what Saul asked. But I don't want you to forget, because in verse 33, Saul had had a discussion with David. Verse 33 of the same chapter, if you revisit it, you'll find that they had had a discussion. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. So Saul knows who David is. Because this is the only person in, in the entire army who volunteered to fight. But now listen to 58. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked. Maybe to appreciate that question, go to 57. It says, As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Ah, that thing which has been troubling you, you'll be holding it by its head. Amen. Praise the Lord. You'll be holding it by its head. And people will be asking, is this the Kenneth who, who, whom we have been seeing? And I will be smiling, eh, I'm the one. Praise the Lord. Not that I'm the one who has done it, but God has done it on my behalf. Praise the Lord. He has intervened in my situation. He has changed my story. Praise the Lord. So Saul was asking, whose son are you? It was a, a question full of reverence because he realized there was something unique that had happened in the life of this man and in the life of the Israelites. Praise the Lord. We would have had many examples, but time. Praise the Lord. Let us stand up and thank God for his faithfulness. Let's open our Bibles to Lamentation 3. Lamentation 3. 
verses 22. It says that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Amen. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him. Your hope is in the Lord. The Lord will be good to you in Jesus' name. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Amen. There's a song. What a faithful God I have. What a faithful God, what a faithful God you are, faithful in every way, faithful in every way, faithful in every way, church. God made a covenant with you and he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If God made that covenant, what about you? Did you make a covenant with God the day you were saved? You made a covenant with God at that time or you made a covenant even just now? What about you? But I want to show you something what God has said in the word. Look at Psalms 51 where God says that he's looking for faithful people even when we were conceived in our mother's womb. We think that we are faithful only on the day we gave our life to Christ. But God says in Psalm 51 verse 6, Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. God says, I have caused you to be faithful even when you were in your mother's womb. Not today, not the day you're saved. But when I thought of you, I seen faithfulness in you, God says. The word of God says, I will never leave you. Now the question is, have we been faithful to God in our Bible reading? Do we desire to read his word or we just read his word because it is a ritual? When was the last time you read God's word? Lovingly waiting to hear from him. Or has it been just a ritual that you open the word, you read and you walk away? Are you faithful in your prayer life with God? Or is it just a ritual for you? You say a normal prayer that we said where we came from our past life. Our prayer life has just become a ritual to him. What about not just reading the word about, what about studying the word of God? Are you faithful in studying his word to know his word? God is saying, I'm looking for faithfulness. What, what about your work area? Are we faithful at our workplace or are we unfaithful? What about your faithfulness in the calling that God has called you into the ministry, into the area where he has put you now? Are you faithful or are you waiting to jump ministry and run away? Are you waiting to run away from what you're calling? What about your faithfulness in giving to God? Some of us are struggling to give to God. Today God is saying, I'm not interested in your giving, but I'm interested in you. Are we willing to give ourselves to God today? Last but not the least, in which many of us are struggling what about our faithfulness in coming to God's house in time? We struggle. We struggle to come to God's house in time. Because his word says, where are two or three gathered in my name, I am there. So God is here before even you can come. And yet we pull ourselves to church walking very, very casually. So let us bow our heads and say, God, help me to be faithful in the areas that I've just mentioned. I want to be faithful in my reading of your word. Father, give us the grace that our prayer life, Lord God, that we will be faithful in our prayer life. Do not want to be have it as a ritual. Father, give me grace that I will be faithful to my spouse, faithful to my children, faithful to my parents, Lord God. 
Father, give me grace to be faithful in the ministry that you have called me. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful, Lord God, in the areas that you have given unto me. Father, we surrender ourselves this day. You have been faithful to us. Give us the grace to be faithful back to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us share the grace together. May the grace for Lord Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Be blessed, church.